Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Come to the table, three-week series we're starting today. Now, when it comes to life, people really fall into two categories, one or two categories. You can just really summarize all of humanity this. There are those who eat to live, and then there are those who live to eat. Now, how many uh, are you fall under the category, I just eat to live, that's it. Anybody? Huh? Huh? How many just live to eat? And how many of you just have no idea? Because like, yeah, okay. Um, you know, I tell you what. As we as we really come to and have this visual here. By the way, that's that's pretty awesome, isn't it? That looks very inviting. Um, uh, there have been some significant uh, happenings in my life that's happened around the table. And, then, and the truth of the matter is, you think about that, that so much uh, uh, happens around the table. The table really is a symbol of so many things. It's where we're nourished, where we enjoy some good fellowship. Uh, we celebrate milestones and birthdays. Uh, we, we share important uh, life experiences. It's where we come to really learn some life lessons. And, and so there's so much about the table that, that we see uh, not only in life, but especially in Scripture. And, and my hope and prayer is that through this series that we really come to experience God's heart when, it, when we hear those words come to the table. It's in Scripture that we see some wonderful and amazing things uh, happen. In Mark chapter 4, uh, I mean Mark chapter 14 we see that it's when Jesus is reclining at the table that he is anointed by Mary. And this is the declaration of that, the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And he's been sent in order that we may experience life. And it's that radical, wonderful uh, experience of Jesus being anointed right there as he was reclining at the table. We also see in Luke chapter 24, after Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection, as uh, the disciples, there's some disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus comes alongside of them and, and begins to talk to them about all of the prophecy and history and, and uh, explaining things to them, and, and yet they still don't recognize him, but it's as Jesus was uh, acting as if he was going to go further, uh, that they joined him at the table. And it says in, in Luke 24 that Jesus broke the bread and, and passed the cup and then their eyes were open. It's at the table that we see the declaration of Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. It's at the table that these followers of him had their eyes open. And it's also at the table that we see in a passage I want you to turn to today, Luke chapter 24 that we are able to see and understand God's heart. 
As God invites me and you, no matter what your experience has been, and no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, God is inviting you to come to the table that you may be fed, that you may be nourished, that you may be comforted, that you may be loved, that you may experience acceptance today. So we look at Luke chapter, 20, uh, chapter 14 and, and, and it starts off there that Jesus is at a Pharisee's house and they are, and if you don't have a Bible and would like one, we've got some floating around in the back and just raise your hand and, and uh, they can bring one to you. Uh, Luke chapter 14, it begins there that at a Pharisee's house and, and Jesus is encountering uh, this time with them and, and he's kind of observing what's going on and, and people just kind of posturing for the better seats. Uh, you ever fought when you ever came to the table like, oh, you just want to be the first one there so you, you don't get lodged into the middle or whatever the case is. Well, he's, he's noticing a lot that's going on and, um, and uh, they are out to get him and yet uh, Jesus comes back and he uses this as a teachable moment and saying, listen, you don't need to always be trying to, to win out. You don't need to position yourself. And, and so he kind of getting on them a little bit right there. And uh, it's an awkward moment. And then one of the, one of the uh, people at the table in verse 15, we'll pick up there, it says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man. Who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God? So uh, what he's really doing here is he's trying to dispel this kind of awkward because these guys are kind of getting raped. You know, he's going, oh, blessed is the man. Because Jesus says, you need to look for your reward, not here and now, but at the resurrection uh, of God's people. And there was an assumption here. This man just kind of off the cuff just saying, well, blessed is the man who will eat here uh, the feast in the kingdom of God. And it's there that Jesus uses this as an example to be able to help them understand what it is really on his heart. Let's pick up with verse 16. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have brought, bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of ox, oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married. I can't come. Verse 21. Who told me that? Uh, verse 21. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys and towns and bring the poor, the crippled, and the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you've ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master told him, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you that not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your word and for the opportunity that we have just to, to come to your table today. Thank you for your wonderful, amazing invitation. Lord, I pray that through your presence today that each of us would experience that for which you want to provide in each of our lives. It may be comfort, it may be healing, it may be hope, nourishment, freedom, 
joy, purpose. Lord, we acknowledge today that you have extended to us a wonderful invitation to know you and to feast on your many blessings. Today we ask that we would come and eat of all that you provided. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it's in this passage, and we're not going to spend a long time here, but it's really in this passage that we do see the heart of God. But uh, the parallel here is that the master of the house is God. This is what Jesus is kind of extending for them. And that this big banquet is the kingdom of God. Uh, the, the, the banquet feast and table is the, is the kingdom of God. And, and the invited guests that he had already invited, it's a, a picture of the Jews, of uh, the Jewish people, who uh, God's people. That they've already been extended this invitation. And yet, it says at that particular point, those who had been invited uh, came up with all kinds of excuses. And so it's there that Jesus begins to unveil what's really on his heart is that there's no one excluded from his love. No matter what the background, no matter what the belief system, there's no one that's been excluded from the invitation to come and experience the life that he provides. And so he talks about uh, the poor and the crippled and the blind and the uh, lame. And this was really a picture of those that the Jewish people, uh, the faithful Jewish people often saw as the unclean and, you know, the left outs. And what Jesus is saying, he's making a statement here. Listen, there's no one left out when it comes to my grace and my purpose. For God's heart is that none should perish, but all come to experience eternal life. And then he says, okay, if that's not enough, go out to the highways and the hedges and, and you go and compel them to come in. And it's there that Jesus is now painting a picture of the Gentiles. Again, there is no exclusion. You and I will never lock eyes with anybody for whom Jesus Christ did not die. And that he has extended an invitation to come and experience his love. But you see in verse 23 where he's saying, I want you to go and compel them to come so my house will be full. God's desire is that we come to know. Just have a big old party. We see so much happening, you know, in Scripture around big celebrations and big parties. And God says, this is my heart. I want you to come and I want it to be a great, great time. So, but here's the, here's the bottom line as we learn from this. You, you understand that when the dinner bell uh, rings uh, at your house or whatever the case is, and we see it here, the, the issue is this. You've got to come. You've got to come. You've got to show up. You've got to be there. And, and that's what Jesus is extending to us today. It's like, you know, it's one, thing, it's one thing to show up to religious stuff, but it's another thing to show up to His table and His presence. For his provisions. You know, there are a lot of things that keep people from the table. You know, uh, maybe when you were growing up, there were some things that, that kept you from, uh, from the table. You know, your choice. Uh, it might have been like, I don't know if I want to go to dinner tonight because report cards came out today. And... Um, so you were feeling a little guilty. You were feeling a little shame. You're, maybe you were feeling fearful. And, you know, we can take that and translate it over into to, uh, our everyday life and our spiritual lives. And the same things can keep us from coming to God. There's, there's things that we feel guilty about. There's things that we're ashamed of. And there's fear that have kept us from the table. We get so preoccupied and zeroed in on that that we miss out on God's 
unconditional love for us. Uh, maybe, maybe part of the, what kept you from wanting to come to the table, you were mad, you were livid at a brother or sister. That ever happened? He's like, I'm not sitting at the same table. You know, I'm not sitting at the table with you. And, you know, um, and, and, you know, hey, think about that. How many times has resentment and anger kept us from experiencing God's provision? Unforgiveness? Um, maybe, maybe one of the things that kept you from the table is you've been sneaking cookies all afternoon and so you just really weren't that interested in coming. Already full up. There's some lame excuses. We'll look at this a little bit later in the series right here. But the bottom line is this. God is inviting us to come to the table. He paints a picture throughout Scripture so many times to say, that I, did, I want this to be an example of the type of intimate relationship and provision that I want to provide for you. So come. And here's why. Uh, look over with me now. We're going to jump to back to Psalm 23. Probably uh, uh, besides John 3.16, the most well-quoted um, passage in Scripture, the 23rd Psalm. We are so familiar with this particular psalm. And it's there that we again have a picture where God's using this symbol of the table to help us understand what it is that He is extending to you and to me uh, in this life. It's there in the fifth uh, verse of, of Psalm 23 where the psalmist is saying, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. All these things that keep us from coming to the table truly are enemies of our soul and our life. It, it, it preoccupation with the things of this world, anger, fear, resentment, but actual literal enemies. And today there's some of you, you feel like you're in the presence of your enemies. You know, and it may be what's going on in you spiritually right now. It may be what's going on with you emotionally right now. It may have something to do with your path in life and your vocation. It may have to do with your finance. I don't know, but you feel like right now that life is being sucked out of you and you're in the presence of your enemies. And, and here we have this beautiful example where the psalmist says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We like to come to the table and it's just like, hey, we want a reservation for two that's over there, you know, right there by the bay looking out, you know, and that's, that's what I'm kind of expecting. And God's saying, no, 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 so often where I'm going to lavish my love on you and all of my provision on you is right there in the midst of your mess. And we think, no, 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 no. i got to get all this cleared up before I can sit at the banquet. No, no, he's going, no, come right now. And what is he providing? Think about that. What is he providing? Uh, we've got some bread and grapes. They're, they're, I'm sure they're symbolic of some, some good stuff uh, up here, but I don't know. But those are real. Those grapes are real. I'm going I'm to stay away from the bread right now. But here's, here's what I want you to... In this psalm, we're going to just spend a couple minutes and look at what is on this table. Look at what God's providing for you and for me. So let's read this psalm together. All right? Starting with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Awesome. Alright, let's look at this. Break it down just for a little bit. First off, we have David, King David. This is the psalm of King David. And, and, and he, before being a king, he was a shepherd. And so he's referring back, going back to his shepherd days. And he's looking at his walk and his relationship and how God has been his shepherd. And that's what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. So as we were singing, there's no God like Jehovah, there's no God like Jehovah, and you were, Aaron, you were saying, you know, repeat it over and over, it just kind of sucked. There's no God like Jehovah. And he's saying, the Lord, you, God, you, Jehovah, are my shepherd. And there's, there's, a, there's something really important there. It's just more than something that we quote or we read over. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. So often what we try to do is we piggyback our experience with God on somebody else. Think about that. We're looking to other people. But if you got in your car and right now said, I need you to go to 1820 Gardner Road, Grady, Alabama. You'd be going, oh, I'm not sure where that is. I'd say, well, put it in your, put it in your GPS. Put it in your GPS. Think about that, Waze. How many use Waze? I mean, Google Maps, you know, you, we got all, we get in amazing, you know, so we've got that right now. And so uh, here we have this instrument, which is amazing to me that man has developed this thing that can see, kind of see all things. But what David is seeing, the God that created all things is saying, I want to be your personal GPS. I want to be your personal Savior. You know, and you've got, you've got to, you know, I can't go because I don't know where you are. Because what that thing is saying is like, I'm going to take you from where you are to the, des the right destination. God says, if you follow me, then I will take you from where you are and what you are in to the destination of experiencing my love. That's amazing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He said, I'm not going to lack anything. Why? Because God is my shepherd. You're my shepherd. And he says a couple things that this is where he loses a couple of us. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And we're going, I don't like nobody making me. You know, I don't like, I don't want nobody to make me do nothing. Okay, David is using a great analogy here because he's, a, he's comparing us to sheep. And we've known that. We've heard that all our life as far as, you know, sheep aren't the brightest. Uh, the sheep, they look pretty good on the outside. But if you've ever handled a sheep, after a few minutes of handling the sheep, you bring your hands out, guess what? Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. And that's the way it is with us. We look good on the outside, but once you get close and start handling it, it's like, uh-oh, you know, here it is. And so, you know, the sheep are, you are prone to wander. The sheep aren't great. At, they're not real fast. 
probably faster than some of us, but, and uh, they're not good at protecting themselves. And so what he's saying here is, you know, number one, God provides for me spiritually. He is my shepherd. I, have, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And then He restores my soul. The truth of the matter is that there's some of us here today and we just need some restoration. You know, we, we could use some restoration uh, because we feel depleted. And it may be because we're not spending enough time right here at the table. And He said, I want you to come into my... You prepare for me. Before all my enemies, before all that is, this wonderful, amazing table. It's here that we see on the table, number one is that He is the one that provides for our very, every spiritual need. Spiritually, Jesus has done exactly what is necessary in order for our spiritual need to be met. And that is Jesus laid down His life. He laid down His life so that you and I could experience life. He, so that we could experience the forgiveness of sins, but also the provision of having His life within us through His resurrection. Spiritually, God has provided for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And it may be that you're here flat. You're, um, uh, you're a little bit overwhelmed about life. And God's saying right now, come, come to my table because right here, I will restore your soul. And it's about showing up. It don't matter. It don't matter you know, how many cookies you've been eating all weekend. Uh, you just show up and I will restore your soul. And then he goes on to say, He guides me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. So we see that God's providing for us spiritually, but He also provides for us directionally. You need direction in your life. You need to know how, uh, how to make this a decision about this relationship, about your finances. It's he provides what we need in our direction every day. He guides me in the path of righteousness, living right. He guides me so that if I'm getting off track, I get on track. He guides me. The Lord is my shepherd. And He's providing for me spiritually. He's providing for me in my direction in life. And it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So the picture there is, you know, if we go back into, to Israel and, and, and those times, you know, the valley is what? It's a low place. A low place between what? Between some mountains. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, now, the deal is, is that none of us like to be in low places, but we often find ourselves there, right? But the good news about a valley is that, hey, if you keep going, there's a mountain that's coming. We like the mountains. We, we like to be on the mountaintop, but right here, he's saying, right here, even though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, some of the picture there is that uh, he's saying that with, uh, the father is his shepherd, you know, and later in the day as the sun was setting and the, and the shadow of the mountain, which you want to be on, you know, it, uh, it comes over and just casts a shadow. It casts a shadow in the valley. And sheep, not being the brightest in the world, you know, would be like, okay, it's about to get dark. I'm going to get scared. You know, 
And how many times have we been in the valley? How many times have we been in the low place and, and not acknowledge that He is our shepherd? Because what He says right here, when I'm in the valley and I can't, I can't see the S-O-N, we get a little bit crazy. But here's what He says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. How many times have we felt like we can't see God in this situation? God's not there, but here's His promise. I'm with you. I can't hear God. I can't see God. I can't feel God. I'm with you. I am with you. So God provides here for our spiritual. He provides for our direction in life. He provides for our emotional emotionally, when we are afraid, when we can't see our way through, He's saying, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. But He just don't stop there. He goes on to say, He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, he understood what that is. The staff, and you've heard this described. The staff is, you know, the big tall rod that, uh, that has a little crooked thing at the top, and it's there to help direct and guide, you know, the sheep. But it's also that little hook there to help pull them out of the bushes whenever they get, you know, all hooked up in the, in the thicket and stuff like that. But then there's the rod. What's the rod? It's just a club. It's like a bat. It's going to beat the foolishness out of somebody who's trying to come mess with this sheep. And... and it, God's saying, I want you to see me as that. I am your protector. Not only am I going to use my, my, my staff, which is uh, grace, but I'm also going to use this rod, which is my power. God is all-powerful and full of grace. And He says, that, can, that brings me some comfort when I realize that I'm not out here left out alone. David says, you are my shepherd. And even though I feel like you're not there, sometimes you are with me. And then he goes on to say, not only my emotional needs, but he says, you're providing for my physical needs. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now there's a couple of different ways you can look at this particular analogy right here. One is uh, oftentimes whenever, in, in David's time, whenever they would be victorious, there would just be a big feast and a big table and they would have all the spools you know, of those that they conquered and they'd just have a big celebration right there in the presence of their enemies. But also, if you want to take and go from a shepherd angle, the shepherd oftentimes, what he took with him was just a, he would take a little a pouch, a cloth, and he would have it because, see, sheep are prone to wonder, right? And they and wonder, and he would go off, and, um, and, and they would be exposed to, to the enemies, and he'd go, no, I'm, I'm going to just lay out this cloth. He'd lay out this cloth. He had a little feed and fodder that he had in a little pouch right there. Just lay it out there for the sheep, just saying... Me and you, right here. It's in, the, in this particular passage, I think he just reminds us really of, of what Christianity really is all about. It's not a religion of a bunch of information, but it's about being in His presence, His personal presence. The Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is our shepherd. He is our shepherd, but He said, I want you to know that I'm your shepherd. Yours. I care about you. I will leave the 99 and go, go out here because I care about you. And I want to provide I, I'm everything you need spiritually. I'm, that means you don't have to learn and memorize all. No, no, no. You just let me guide you 
I, I have provided for you, for your salvation. I'm everything for you spiritually. I'm everything for you in direction in life and where you need to be and where you need to go. I'm everything for you emotionally. Come. And, and physically, I provide for you. And then he goes on to say, right here, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And for shepherds, uh, they say that one of the things that, uh, now I've never done this with uh, sheep, uh, but uh, they say that what happened whenever they go off, they'd wander off and they'd get caught up in a thicket, you know, because they saw this, these berries and yet there's a lot of thorns and they get caught up in that. And then so he'd use his rod to pull them out and then they get all scratched up. He would just anoint them with some oil he took and just rub it in, rub it in. And God says, if you just come to me I, and you just let me, I'm just going to, I'm going to make it feel better. And he says, my cup overflows. Now the shepherd would come and he'd, he'd have a cup and he'd come and provide for the physical needs and, and, and some of the water would spill out. That's being like, there's plenty, there's enough. My cup overflows. There's enough there for me to be satisfied. And we're looking out here and we say, well, oh, no, I won't be satisfied. And he's going, no, no, no. If you come to my table, if you really come and sit with me, you'll experience this soul satisfaction in your life. And then he says this in verse 6, Surely, goodness and love, or goodness and mercy, will follow me all the days of my life. Did Y'all, when we were singing earlier, it says, Your love is, your goodness and love is what? After me? Running after me. Can you picture that? that it, did you know that... You know, this God as this great shepherd is also, you know, he's got these sheep dogs. One's named goodness and one's named mercy. He said, shall follow me all the days of my life. I've, I've seen, uh, my dad's got a dog that helps, you know, herd up the cows and stuff like that. And so it's here that we see this picture and this is a, a good picture for us. He said, goodness and mercy will pursue me. That little word in Hebrew is pursue me. Goodness and love. God's goodness will pursue me. His love and His mercy. Sometimes love is nipping at your heels and saying, get back, you crazy thing. You're prone to wander. Get back. And, and that's what a good old sheepdog does. It says, and this is what he's going. God's got these sheepdogs, goodness and love. I think it paints even a better picture like this. God, Jesus as our shepherd is ahead of us and He's behind us. There's nowhere we're going to go outside. And, and, and there's some of us that are terrorized. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and He's saying, don't fear. Don't fear evil. Let me be your shepherd. God, on His table we have everything that we need Spiritually, we have everything we need for direction in life. We have everything that we need for our emotional health. We have everything that we need physically. And we have everything that we need eternally. Because what he says there is, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as you think about that, what is there in our life, what need is there that, that God is not saying, hey, I've provided it for you. I've provided it for you. But as sheep, you know, we're prone to wonder. And it may be that today that 
goodness or mercy or goodness and love is kind of nipping at your heels and you feel, you feel like, you know, that God's not loving on you. He goes, absolutely, I'm loving on you. I'm saying, why would you, why would you leave? The fact that you're here today is because goodness and love have been nipping at you and bringing us together into the flock of God. He is faithful. He is faithful. And what He is inviting us to do is to come and to acknowledge that He is everything that we need. Mary, as you come, we're going to close by just asking a couple of things. Here, here's a question that we need to ask. And, and you know, go, well, I've heard all this stuff before, but here, in reality, here's the deal. Here's the real question for all of us. Is Jesus your shepherd? And we're going, yeah, He's my Savior. No, no, I'm saying, is He your shepherd? Have you, have you declared to Him that, Lord, everything I need spiritually, I'm going to find Jesus in you. Everything I need as far as direction and decisions in life, I will find in you. Everything that I need emotionally. And right now, Lord, I'm hurting. Everything that I need physically, Lord, and, and, and right now there are struggles. Have you... You know, God, I, I've made him my shepherd. Have you, I made him my savior, but have you made him your shepherd? Have you acknowledged that he is your shepherd? You go, how do I know? Are you following him? I mean, are you, are you following him? Are you receiving his provision? Are you allowing him that right now, that some of you have uh, some struggles, and it may be something that is going on, maybe in, 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 in your relational world right now that it is just tearing you apart. Or maybe it's something that's going on with you emotionally right now. And, and, and it's just like the enemies are surrounding me. But here's the picture. Jesus is saying, I will provide and I will prepare nothing that you can do. I will prepare in the presence of your enemies a table. And I just want you to come I want you to come. I want you to come and I want you to sit with me at the table. This is beautiful. It's not, I want you to go do all this stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I want you to come. Here's a picture of intimate love, grace, and acceptance. It's acknowledging our frailty. It's acknowledging our dependency. And it's just saying, I want you to come and sit with me. That's His heart for you. So today, I just want to give us an opportunity in the presence of whatever enemy that you're facing to come to his table. Just come to him. Again, you got to come. It's not, not oh, you got a table. No, it's come. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to the altar this morning as we close our eyes and bow our heads and just say, Jesus, you know how I'm hurting. Jesus, you know this struggle, you know how flat, whatever, whatever it is, just acknowledge Jesus. You're so faithful to provide for me everything I need. Lord, I've been kind of living as if I've got to do it myself and I've been trying to prepare the table. I've been trying to do that and I just want to come and acknowledge your goodness and your love for me. I'm coming to the table today. If you today would acknowledge that uh, 
Jesus loves you and, and, and maybe is calling you today to a relationship with Him that you've never entered into before. He wants to be your Savior. But He's also calling you today and some of you have been wondering and He's going, I'm going to call you today and I want to be your shepherd. Would you come and let Him prepare before you and just lay it out, whatever it is, lay it out. Say, Lord, you know there's been fear. You know there's things that's kept me away from you and your grace and your table. But today I come. Let's take a few minutes and just respond to his wonderful invitation. Jesus, your shepherd today, then you will experience the benefits of his presence, his constant, uninterrupted presence, for you are with me. Let him love on you and remind you of that today. That yes, he came to be your savior, but he came to also be your shepherd loves you unconditionally whose rod and staff he wants to be a reminder to bring you comfort and hope as you entrust your circumstances and your life to him as he brings down the enemies of Satan sin and situations that threaten you but he says I am with you Father God, we just thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for the feast that you provided for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And today, Lord, may we walk away from here acknowledging and thankful and living in the reality that you go before us and you come behind us. That you're leading us and you're also pursuing us with your goodness and your grace. Be glorified, we pray. And all that we say and do, that thy kingdom would come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. I'm going to ask our guys to come forward, and as they do, it gives us an opportunity to close with uh, a time of offering, but also a time of responding to whatever the God's leading you to do. Maybe it's something that you just need to come and, and confess. Say, Lord, I've been, I've, been, I've been chomping on this and it's been keeping me away from your table, from your presence and your love. And you just, just confess it and say, I receive you. I receive your provision in my life today, whatever it may be. 
And as you do that, it gives us an, also an opportunity to worship through these offerings that we bring for the advancement of his kingdom. So let's just ask his blessings on this final moment. Jesus, thank you for uh, your wonderful, rich blessings. Thank you that you do um, remind us that you're running after us. Lord, you've done everything we need. May we today come acknowledging uh, your greatness and your love, but also, Lord, acknowledging you've blessed. You've shown us so many blessings, and we want to bring these offerings, uh, Lord, for the advancement of your kingdom. And so we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.